We continue our countdown to the 2023-24 NHL season, and we continue our look at our Pacific Division rivals with the Vancouver Canucks. We're joined by Locked On Canucks co-host Trevor Beggs on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And of course, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I work in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that can treat over 500 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. We continue to preview our rivals in the Pacific Division and joining us to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. For the first time, we are welcoming in Trevor Beggs. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Trev Beggs, and you can follow Locked On Canucks at Locked On Canucks. Trevor, good to talk to you for the first time, and uh, thanks for joining us. Eddie, pleasure to be on the show. And, uh, you know, your, your, your Kings, they, they got a nice little trajectory on right now. I'm a little bit jealous. Well, we're definitely going to get your opinion on that, and that's good to hear. Uh, hopefully, you're right. Um, but for those that don't follow the Canucks closely, uh, I did want to ask you kind of about the state of the organization because in the last couple seasons, there's been a lot going on off the ice with this team uh, from uh, the owner being sued by his estranged children. Uh, there's been front office shakeup, uh, you know, new uh, general manager, a new head coach who's going into his first full season. So, the front office and looking at the organization is are things settled? Do you feel like things are kind of on solid ground going into this season? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit of yes and no there. You, you mentioned uh, Francesco Aquiluni off the top there. Um, you know, the the owner of the Canucks. I think there's always nonstop drama with him and that family. And that family's been through scandal after scandal uh, in terms of his children coming after him and uh you know other malpractice with other business they've owned so i think with aquini at the top there's always uh, a sense of being on edge uh, and not knowing what to expect of this organization that being said you know since they've cleaned house in terms of their gm their coach this season kind of falls on the players right i think there is that stability and structure in place with alvin and rutherford and last season although there was some hope uh, clearly boudreau was not their guy and they made that very evident you know months before he got fired which you know kind of led to all the drama in Vancouver last season, but you know, now that they have their guy in place and Rick talk it, there's really no excuses anymore. Um, you know, that being said, I don't think you could write the ship overnight. Um, and you know, it's, I think on paper, the Canucks are still probably a wildcard team at best. Um, but there's steps that there, there's more stability than there's been in past years, but it's certainly not, uh, all gone. I'd say. Well, the Canucks are on their third head coach in three seasons. You mentioned Rick Tockett. Uh, they had Bruce Boudreaux come in uh, late in the season, uh, taking over for Travis Green, and things looked like they were going in the right direction. And then last season, he starts as head coach, and it doesn't go well, didn't get off to a good start, and then they decide to make another coaching change. They bring in Rick Tockett late in the year, and then the team seemed to play better under him. 
but he's now going into his first full season uh, as head coach of the Canucks. So are you optimistic that they've now found the right coach to get him where they want to be? Yeah, I, I, I have tepid optimism. We'll call it that. I mean, there's a sense of, you know, things have gone so wrong in Vancouver for, you know, basically a decade now that I think you're always a bit on edge about what's going to happen uh, with this team. You know, that being said, we kind of, I, I thought some of the end of season interviews were very telling. I know Ethan Bear, now former Canucks defenseman, talked about how when he got traded from Carolina to Vancouver, like he was utterly shocked about how disorganized the Canucks were defensively. You know, coming from Carolina where everything was very structured, very rigid, it kind of felt like every man for himself in, in Vancouver under Boudreaux. And that kind of lines up with what we heard from Rutherford, you know, from day one of training camp. He wasn't impressed with how the Canucks started training camp under Boudreaux. So despite all this optimism and Boudreaux being one of the most winningest coaches of all time, it just didn't work in Vancouver. And I think it was evident it wasn't going to work. So, you know, despite all that controversy about him being fired, um, it probably was the right call, even if it didn't quite handle it the right way. With Rick Tockett, I mean, I, I think the optimism comes from the fact that there's more structure in place. They played like more of a structured team last season. Uh, he's really kind of on them about fitness and like starting right. Um, whereas I think last season under Boudreaux was a little bit more happy-go-lucky. That being said, the Canucks had one of the softest schedules in the league last season after Tockett took over. So I don't want to take too much away from that sample size either. So I, I'm firmly in wait-and-see mode. I, I think there's always optimism this time of year. But we've seen in Vancouver time and time again, things go off the rails pretty quick. I was trying to look at some connections between the Kings and Canucks. And I know that, uh, and you probably know, the Kings have had some issues in net and they're kind of still looking to solidify that. And there was some talk about maybe getting SoCal native Thatcher Demko from the Canucks in a trade. I never really bought into that, to be honest with you. Uh, I think the Canucks want to build around Demko, Elias Pettersson and their young standout defenseman, Quinn Hughes, uh, who they just named captain. That was the big news on uh, your show this week. But it seems like this season could go a long way in figuring out which way they want to go. If they can get on solid ground, if Tockett looks like he's the right guy and they either you know make the playoffs or are fighting for a playoff spot late in the year, maybe that's a signal to ownership that, okay, we've got this good core to build around going forward but if not if they falter if they don't have a good season then maybe they decide to go in the, in the way of a rebuild because it seems like they're kind of in the middle right now would you agree they're they're not in a rebuild but they're not really all in as well they're kind of trying to figure it out at this point yeah and I think Jim Rutherford talked about turning this thing around pretty quickly so I think they're they're certainly not in a rebuild uh, I think a rebuild would maybe be constituted by Elias Pettersson not signing an extension right that is the that is the doomsday scenario in Vancouver is that you know they have another bad season and Pedersen walks. I know he's an RFA, but you know forces his way out in some regard. That would certainly help kickstart a rebuild. Um, that being said, I think you know much like the Kings had during their run with Kopitar, Doughty, and Quick, uh, the Canucks have their pillars in place. They have Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko, who are you know arguably three of the best players at their position in the NHL. A bit more. Um, questions about Demko after last season but I think you know when he's on and when he's healthy he's played like one of the best goalies in hockey um, so it's definitely been a lot of tinkering around the edges this offseason I'm not quite sure if it's going to pay off I'm still quite worried about the Canucks defense but uh, definitely in that mushy middle but moving towards trying to contend rather than trying to rebuild we're going to talk more later on in the show about what you think about the Pacific Division um, but just what are some keys, what are some things that have to fall into place in your mind for the Canucks to be in a playoff hunt for this coming season? 
Yeah, I think you mentioned probably the biggest X factor on the Canucks, or I'd say the most important player on the Canucks, and that's Thatcher Demko. I think with Pedersen and Hughes, you expect them to be two of the best players at their position in the NHL. With Thatcher Demko, like I said, well, he's been at a Vesna pace before or, or in that conversation. Um, and he's really only been a starter now for two and a half seasons, right? He took over Braden Holtby, which sounds ludicrous to say out loud, uh, midway through that 2020-21 uh, shortened season there. But he's really only been a starter for two and a half years. And, and most of last year, he was injured uh, and started slow before that. But I think, you know, I've been a big fan of Demko since before he even entered the NHL. Um, from what he did in university to what he did in Utica, um, I think he's got the right mentality to play the position. I think he's structurally very sound at being a good goaltender. So I'd say Demko is the biggest X factor. And aside from that, I mean, the Canucks, if they even have an average penalty kill, <laughs> they're going to be in a better spot. I mean, they were they almost uh, stole the Kings record of having the most uh, future penalty kill in NHL history last season. Um, and, and when you look at where they were in the standings, it's like if they had an average penalty kill, they probably made the playoffs. So to me, those are the two biggest X factors. You, you expect the Canucks to, to score more. You expect them to be more structured. Um, it's more so can Demko be the Demko of old and, and can the penalty kill go from absolutely horror to just even average? All right, so we've learned a little bit about the Canucks. Up next, we're going to find out what Trevor thinks about our LA Kings. We'll do that next on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, today's episode of Locked on LA Kings brought to you by Jace Medical, who provides a product called the Jace Case. They can supply you with five life-saving antibiotics in case of emergency. All you have to do is fill out a simple form online. In some cases, make a quick call to their board-certified physicians to be prepared with antibiotics in case of an emergency. You can also get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off using my code LOCKEDON. That is jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. We've got more with Trevor Biggs, the co-host of Locked on Canucks, and time to get his thoughts on RLA Kings. And I'm going to sound like I'm trolling here. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to. But when I think of Canucks Kings, the first thing that pops into my mind as a Kings fan was, of course, the playoffs in 2012, the Dustin Brown hit on Henrik Sedin, a little captain on captain hit there. Uh, the Kings upset the President's Trophy winners and go on to win their first ever Stanley Cup. When you think Kings Canucks historically or, or otherwise, what's kind of the first thing that comes into your head? Or the positive memories. Um, I, I think some of my, I, I lean positive first, right? So I think for me, it was, I believe it was 2009 or 2010. I think it was 2010 where they beat the Kings in six games. Um, and, you know, it, for me, that was a great series win uh, against a scrappy t Kings team. Um, I also think Alex Adler, <laughs> just because you guys stole uh, what was, you know, arguably the best defenseman in Canucks history. Although, I would say it's been Quinn Hughes since, you know, he entered the league in 2018. But a lot of people still think Edler is the greatest defenseman in Canucks history, which is a bit of a sad indictment on our organization, I'd say. Um, but, you know, I, I also think about 2012, too, right? And it's a painful memory. So for me, personally, I was at game one at Rogers Arena. It was the only playoff game as a fan I've been to in Rogers Arena. It was game one, you know, Canucks won the President's Trophy. I'm going nuts. The, the energy in that building is electric. Like, we think... 
this is going to be our year. Like, yeah, last year we got so close. This is the year to get over the hump. And of course the Kings come and uh, take care of the Canucks in short order. So I, I mean, for a while now it's with the Canucks being bad and the Kings contending, it's, you know, the Kings have gotten the better of the Canucks. So for me, when I think of Canucks Kings, it's uh, a bit of jealousy for sure. Yeah. Believe me that that year was unexpected for you. It was unexpected for us as well as uh, going in as that eight seed and winning it all just goes to show you uh, in the Stanley cup playoffs, get in and uh, you never know what's going to happen. We saw that with Florida this year as well. Um, so the Kings made a big trade uh, in the offseason, maybe the biggest trade in the offseason, second to Eric Carlson going to Pittsburgh. But they get center Pierre-Luc Dubois from Winnipeg. Um, thoughts on the trade? Do you see this trade helping the Kings be better uh, than they were last season? Yeah, I, I'm still kind of torn on it, to be honest. And maybe I'm a bit of a Pierre-Luc Dubois doubter. But, you know, uh, people fault, people don't fault the guy because he's like, oh, he was in Columbus and he was in Winnipeg. Like, he sure went out. Those are bad markets. But to me, I see a guy who, you know, really high draft pick and he's been a bit entitled. And even for Winnipeg in the playoffs, like, he was absolutely putrid. Um, so, I, I don't know. They, the Kings gave up two good players in that trade and, and Aya Fall, who I think is pretty underrated and obviously Gabe Velarde who was starting to come into his own as well. So I, I almost look at this trade as maybe maybe a wash. I mean, I mean, I think maybe as a Canucks guy, I, I, maybe I want to doubt it a bit more than I should. Because uh, at the end of the day, you look at that center depth in LA, and I'm not sure who even matches up in the league. Right? It's like Kopitar, Deneau, and Pierre Luc Dubois. Like that's insanity down the middle. It's I'd say it's comparable to what the Canucks had at the beginning of last season with Pedersen, Miller, and Horvat down the middle. Um, so at the end of the day, the Kings, you know, with or without Dubois, are, are a good team. Um, I think probably underrated in some circles. And, and and honestly, like, even if I think that trades the wash, I still see the Kings as contending for top spot in the Pacific alongside Edmonton and, and Vegas. Is there a player on the LA Kings that I don't know if you want to say you're a fan of somebody that you're intrigued by or somebody that you're really curious to see how they do this coming season? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the player. I, there's probably a couple of guys, but I'll start with the player who shares the same name as me, and that's Trevor Moore. Uh, you know, I, another underrated player, uh, a bit undersized. Uh, an undersized guy named Trevor is something I can relate to. So, <laughs> but you know, I I thought it was a really shrewd pickup by um, by the Kings to take him on, right? And I don't even think you guys were expecting it when he had his breakout in 2021-22, but you know, he posts like over half point a game and looked pretty good in the playoffs as well. And kind of proud of him to parlay that into a long-term deal with the Kings as well, despite, you know, because he's an undrafted guy. And I think Vladislav Gavrikov is another guy that I'm really intrigued by on the Kings. I was looking at him as a target for the Canucks if he got to free agency. I think that was one of the bigger holes in this team was left side defense. And, you know, Ian Cole is more of a, a short-term option there, obviously on a one-year deal. But I thought Gavrikov, you know, analytics guys don't like him. But every time I watched him in LA, and I think you can attest to this, I was really, I was pretty impressed with this play. Uh, in terms of transitioning and being hard to play against defensively. So kind of kind of curious to see how he's going to perform this season with a full year in L.A. He's got that new deal. He's making some big boy dollars now. Uh, and, yeah, people seem to be pretty torn on him. So that's one guy, another guy I have my eye on for sure. Uh, anything about the Kings that you're impressed with or maybe not impressed with or just any general thoughts on them as a team right now? Uh, again, goes back to that that jealousy aspect and the fact that, you know, even though you guys won two cups, I think there was you know, a quick realization that, you know, the glory days were over and we need to rebuild and reset things. And very quickly, the Kings stockpiled one of the best prospect pools in the league. Um, now, I'm sure like every team has some draft regrets, but, you know, you look at like Quentin Byfield versus Tim Stutzler, for instance. 
Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Kings have done a fantastic job of retooling quickly, um, gathering assets, and then turning themselves into a contender again. Now, I don't know if they have that star that's going to put them over the top. Because um, I would argue that star power often matters more in the NHL than um, uh, than depth to an extent. But you know, at the end of the day, you do have to have some depth. Um, just look at what Vegas did this season as well. So I, I've just been impressed with what the Kings have done. And, and there's jealousy from a Canucks perspective when you see an organization under Jim Benning uh, continuously piss away assets, uh, make bad trades, make bad signings, and kind of dig a hole for their team. And, and the Kings not only avoided that, but really did a good job of retooling on the fly and, and, and building the prospect pool and building the future out pretty well. Well, it sounds like you think the Kings are a playoff team, and I think Kings fans are certainly expecting that as well, trying to make the playoffs for a third straight year, which around here, believe it or not, is not all that common uh, when you look at the history of the Kings recently anyway. Um, but do you, the big story here, or the big you know storyline here is, okay, we're a playoff team, but are we going to make it out of the first round? Two years in a row, losing to the Oilers in round number one. And this year, it certainly seems like you know making the playoffs isn't good enough. It's about advancing. And you, obviously, you don't know what the matchup is going to be. But do you think the Kings are equipped this season to get beyond the first round of the playoffs? I mean, I'm going to lean no right now. And, and to me, it falls down to goaltending. I, I think there's a lot of pieces in L.A. I, actually, I would say probably twofold, goaltending and star power. And when you face a team like the Oilers, you know, it's really hard to beat McDavid in a one-to-one matchup. It's hard to beat Drysdale in a one-to-one matchup. I mean, automatically in that series, the Edmonton Oilers, in any series, are going to have the two best players. But one reason why you could overcome that would be goaltending. And with Phoenix, Copley, and Cam Talbot, are they really going to overcome that? I don't know. I think goaltending is a wild card for a number of teams. I mentioned it as a wild card for the Canucks. But that being said, I'm much more confident in the Canucks having strong goaltending this season than the LA Kings. I think the Kings got the depth to overcome it, but that's, that's certainly the Achilles tail of the team. So I would say based on goaltending and, and based on that lack of star power, probably not getting past the first round. Anything can happen, but I, I, probably the other big X factor for you guys is can the young guys step up? Like can Quinton Byfield step up? Can Arthur Calliab take another step, you know? Um, those are kind of the two shining jewels that I can think of off the top of my head right now for your team. Um, but if you know, if, if the young guys can step up and they get the goaltending as possible, but I, I, I wouldn't bet on that happening right now. All right, uh, more with Locked On Canucks host Trevor Beggs. We're gonna get his thoughts on the Pacific Division as a whole. We'll do it next here on Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, be sure to check out Locked on NHL. It's your daily show to keep you updated on everything going on around the National Hockey League. It's Locked on NHL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Now, Trevor, good stuff. We, we want uh, to get people's opinions, uh, blunt opinions on the Kings. Don't think they're getting out of the first round. Uh, hopefully that's not the case, but uh, I like to get the love, the honesty and uh, hearing. That's why we like to have uh, some of the other people on the show to you know, get a unbiased opinion on, on our team. So appreciate you sharing your thoughts there. Let's get your thoughts on the Pacific division, which going into last season, a lot of people were dumping on as the worst division in hockey. Uh, and they ended up having four teams make the playoffs. Three of those four teams advanced. Of course, one of them couldn't because they were going head to head. And unfortunately that was our Kings going up against the Oilers, but we also had the Stanley cup winner coming out of the Pacific division and the Vegas golden Knights. So, um, how many teams do you think out of the Pacific make the playoffs this year? Three for sure, of course, but could it see four again? Could we even see five teams from the Pacific? I think you could see five. I mean, 
I, I think the Pacific could be the deepest division division in hockey. Uh, I look at the Pacific division really in three silos right now. I see the Oilers, Golden Knights, and Kings as that you know top three pretty clearly. But in that second tier, I could see any of the Flames, Kraken, or Canucks making some noise, playing above expectations. Um, I could see any of those three teams making the playoffs. I mean, the Flames are, pro- are probably the team I'm the most down on of that group. But the Flames, and I think a lot of people I talk to feel this way, every time you think the Flames are going to be bad, they're good. And every time you think they're going to be good, they're bad. Uh, and right now it looks like they're not going to be very good next season. So I, I think they're going to probably surprise a lot of people. And, you know, with the Canucks, I just don't think it could be much worse, to be honest. Um, I think the talent is there. I think the depth is, depth is now there. It's certainly a belief that talk is going to improve things and Demko is going to bounce back to form. But if I was better right now, I'd have the Canucks as a wildcard team, although I think it's a bit of a coin flip. And with the Kraken, it's almost the reverse of the Canucks. I think they had a lot of good luck last season. And now, you know, going into, um, you know, this upcoming season, I think maybe that luck, some of that luck might be about to run out. Um, but at the end of the day, I could, I could easily see five teams in the Pacific making the playoffs. I think it's arguably the deepest division in hockey. Uh, your thoughts on who might win the division? Yeah, right now, really hard to bet against Vegas. Um, I think you're going to see a motivated Edmonton Oilers team. Um, so I, I'm i probably leaning towards the Oilers right now. Uh, that being said, it's like, how much better can McDavid get? I don't want to bet against the guy, but after what he did last season, yeah, there can't be that much of a higher gear, can there? But um, at the end of the day, I think the Oilers are going to be pretty motivated in some of those divisional matchups to, to bring their A game. They almost won the division last year. It ended up being a coin flip between uh, the Golden Knights and the Oilers. I'd love to give you a bold pick here and say it's going to be the Kings. You say it's going to be the Canucks, but I, I think it's probably going to be the Oilers again. And which team do you think could be maybe the Kraken of this season? A team that really surprises uh, and kind of comes out of nowhere because there's always a few teams right in the NHL that really defy the odds and nobody saw this coming. Anyone in the Pacific you think could be that team this year? Yeah, I don't think on the Kraken's level, no, because that would be like Anaheim or San Jose making the jump. San Jose is obviously not making the jump. There's there's zero chance that that team's going to be the next Kraken. The Ducks got a slightly better chance, albeit not that much of a better chance of, of making that leap. I, I think it's got to come from one of the Flames, uh, the Kraken again, or the Canucks. And uh, my homer bias wants me to say it's going to be the Canucks, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. I certainly, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I think Vancouver certainly could be uh, that fifth team, maybe that fourth team. Calgary is a big question mark. I know some people are like, well, Daryl Sutter's out now. Uh, you've got, you know, fresh GM, new coach, breath, breath of fresh air in that organization, but they lose Tyler Toffoli, their leading scorer again. Uh, is Jacob Markstrom going to bounce back? So there's a lot of question marks there as well. So I think if there is going to be one team other than the four, that uh, made it in from last season. I I would pick the Vancouver Canucks. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, how your Canucks do this year. That is Trevor Beggs. He is the co-host of Locked on Canucks. Check out his podcast on YouTube uh, and wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously doing a great job this season covering the Vancouver Canucks along with his co-host Kyle Bowen. Uh, thank you so much, Trevor. It was great to meet you. Uh, good luck this season. I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point during the season to find out what's going on with the Canucks. Certainly when the Canucks and Kings go head to head, maybe we'll have a little crossover preview as well, but uh, good stuff. Really appreciate all the information and uh, we, we enjoyed having you on today. Thank you. I appreciate it, Eddie. All the best to you. All right. That is again, Trevor Beggs, the co-host of Locked on Canucks. We appreciate his time. As we wrap up the show, I want to remind you everydayers, don't forget that coming up on Friday, we have our 
annual Kings feedback show. All your questions, all your comments on anything going on with the LA Kings as a rookie camp is going to be opening up here soon. Uh, we've got the rookie tournament going on in Las Vegas as well. Those games will be getting underway. We'll be talking about that. If you want to send an email, it is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And as always, you can leave your comments uh, if you're watching on YouTube down below. Uh, we'd love for you to stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.